how the Rams have proven experts wrong and exceeded expectations. Are they a playoff team? We've got big takeaways from the Rams 26-9 Week 6 win over the cards. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your three and three Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet joined the party on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, let us know what are your big takeaways from the Rams week six win over the Cardinals. Let us know down below. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. We're covering early sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation, now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-having post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station. He's in his eighth season covering the team. You can follow him on X and Instagram, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. And just a reminder that today's episode of Locked on Rams is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode, we've got our big takeaways from the Rams' win over the Cardinals. What does this mean? We're going to take a look a little bit at the playoff picture. But Travis, finally this Rams team, they come through in the second half. They get a pretty much complete game to close things out. You saw Sean McVay go to the running game, a much-needed win here in Week 6 to really keep this season and their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, you know, the the difference between two and four and three and three is much bigger than just one win, right? It's the difference between being in position for what's coming up next. And what I'm talking about is three games against better competition than you just saw. It means that you've got a real shot to be better than 500 by the time you get to your break in week 10. It means that you're in position in the NFC to at least continue to talk about a playoff spot because Look, I, I know everybody's in a good mood this morning. I know that the Rams are 3-3, three and three and they look terrific in the second half. They look terrible in the first half. That they still haven't put together a 60-minute football game. They still We've seen them look great in the first half against San Francisco and Indianapolis and Philadelphia. We've seen them look great in the second half against Seattle and Arizona. But they haven't put together where they look good in both the first and the second half. And I think in a weird way, that's actually kind of encouraging because when that does happen, I think that this team can be pretty good. Their margins are still very small. They're not good enough to kind of play with their food, so to speak, but they got out of there with a win. They're three and three through six weeks. And I think that's where the, even the most optimistic Rams fans were probably looking at and saying, get through. This is by far their hardest part of the schedule. And they're at 500. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, to touch on that first half, it was frustrating. You saw some of those big third down conversions, yeah. those runs by Dobbs, and it felt like they just had no light. They had no juice offensively. They weren't running the football at all. It looked like it was going to be a long day and that this season could have gotten away from them. But then you also point out the fact that, they, yes, they found a way to win this game. Yep. And what does that mean? You're sitting at 500 to the first six weeks of the season. You beat the teams you were supposed to, and then you went on the road in week one to get that big win against the Seahawks. I mean, there are three losses 
were against teams that were the Super Bowl favorites, right? The 49ers, Eagles, both those teams lost last week, the Bengals as well. And in each of those games, you were competitive to varying degrees. And you had the fact that you're playing the first four weeks without Cooper Cup. So I think yeah, you're absolutely right. Point. Is that this couldn't have gone any better if you're a Rams fan. Maybe you steal a win against the Bengals and you're over 500. But I think right now you have to be happy with where they're at. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that I was probably, and this is just, you know, the way that I am, I'm a little bit more pessimistic than I am optimistic. That's just kind of my default setting in life for better or for worse. Um, I, I thought that this maybe could be a two and four spot for them. If things really kind of went haywire, maybe a one and five spot and that they're not, I think is really encouraging. I know we're going to talk about Cooper Cup coming up here in just a little bit, but the element that he brings, the fact that they committed to the running game the way that they did yesterday. And I, I said this on the postgame show, Kirk Morrison and I were talking afterwards. I, I think that the only real fair criticism of Sean McVay and his coaching uh, tenure with the Rams is his reluctance to commit to the run game and his is the, the way that he moves off of it when it's not running. They ran the ball three times in the first half. And then they came out in the second half and they started to run the ball. Kyron Williams ends up with 158 yards. And I just think that that light bulb goes off in Sean McVay's head like, oh, you know what? I have to commit to the run. And it changed everything. It was it was a really refreshing second half. And now they got to get to work. They got Pittsburgh, Dallas, Green Bay coming up. Yeah, why don't we start right there as far as our big takeaways? Because I think for me, if I'm giving out a game ball, you can talk about Kyron Williams. You can talk about Cooper Cup. I'm giving the game ball, Travis, to whoever the hell it was that went up to Sean McVay at halftime and shook him by his shoulders and screamed at him to run the damn football. I mean, like you said, the Rams, they run the ball three times in the first half for five yards. The offensive line just couldn't get into rhythm. Kyron Williams couldn't get into rhythm. They come out of the break. I could not believe what I was seeing. They pounded the rock eight consecutive times for 60 yards. They capped it off with a Cooper Cup, 13-yard touchdown, two plays later after that. And then you saw nine straight rush plays to start the second half. That was the most in the McVay era. The previous high was five. I think you look at this offensive line, Travis, and it feels like their strength isn't pass protection. They're average at times of pass pro, but I think their strength is as a run block. How many times do we see Travis, Kyron Williams go six, seven, eight yards without being touched? Yep. Even signed dots on the right side. Yep. I was really impressed with the run game and I think that was the biggest reason why they won the game look at its most basic level football is a game of moving somebody against their will it's a game of being able to push someone that doesn't want to be pushed and the Rams were really good at it yesterday they th those nine consecutive runs you mentioned Rob Havenstein I heard a quote from him after the game it says it wasn't so much like a strategic decision it was more of a attitude decision that we're going to come downhill at you and you're right and, and look I understand I understand the predisposition to want to throw it. You've got Matthew Stafford, who's still one of the best in the business. You have, you know, uh, a Puka Nakua who is developing into a high-level NFL wide receiver. And I, I get that we kind of, you know, went in a different direction with Cooper Cup because he was hurt last year because he was slow to start this year. That dude's still at the very top of his game, at the very top of his game, over 100 yards in both games that he's come back. So I understand the need to want to wanna pass it. But when you have even a little bit of balance, you become so much more difficult to defend. And I heard Sean McVay say it afterwards that, you know, they only ran 20 plays in the first half. And it's hard to find any sort of play calling rhythm, hard to find any sort of offensive rhythm when you just simply don't have enough stats to kind of get your, your, your bearings in that game. But 17 to three, 17 passes, three runs along the way in the first half just didn't make any sense to me. And, and, and I agree with you. Whoever said, hey, uh, maybe we run it a few times. That guy gets the game ball for sure.
Tell me, I was like, cue that Twilight Zone music, man. You're traveling through another dimension. I mean, all those run plays right there, I just couldn't believe it. I was so impressed. I think that Kyron Williams at this point, we saw him have another career-high 31-yard long. He's definitely establishing himself as an every-down back in the NFL, so that's very encouraging. You mentioned Cooper Cup, though. Cooper Cup has seamlessly transitioned back. I mean, I thought maybe a couple weeks there, you get your legs underneath you. He looks like he's healthy. He looks like he's prime Cooper Cup, elite Cooper Cup again. He's explosive. The route running is impeccable. You mentioned it. He ends up catching seven passes for 148 yards, two games back, 15 catches, 266 yards, and a touchdown. He looks outstanding. I think that with him playing like this, the running game taking a leap, I think this offense has really taken a step back to the defense during certain times. And I think that you haven't seen this offense close to peaking just yet. Well, the offense and the everydayers have heard me say this. You've heard me say this. The best version of the Sean McVay offense is when they run the ball and throw the ball to the running back out of the backfield. The very best version of this offense that we've seen in the seven years that Sean McVay has been here is with Todd Gurley. And I, I and I get it. There's not a bunch of Todd Gurley's out there available to go get. He was a special player to be sure, but the 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 essence of it I think is still the same, which is you have to defend the run. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball out of the backfield or to the guys out of the backfield and it opens up everything for everybody else. You know, we're still waiting to see what it looks like when they start to throw the ball to the running backs a little more. It opens up for Tyler Higby. That really hasn't happened yet, but when that running back position is a threat in the Rams offense, that's the best version of that offense and I'm I'm excited to see it. You know, Kyron Williams is being asked to do a lot right now. I am worried about their depth behind him. Uh, you know, they're gonna have to find somebody that can give him a little bit of a breather for some plays, a series here or there, but, uh, it, they, they needed to have it. They got it. And they're three and three. Yeah. And I think that I see people out there. Oh, now that, uh, now that Cooper cups back, you're seeing him being targeted every single play. You're not seeing him target Pugunaku or Tutu Atwell as much. Yeah, of course. That's obvious. I mean, why wouldn't that be the case? I mean, you saw yesterday, Matthew Stafford threw 24 passes, 16 of them were for Cup or Puka Nakua. And Puka's still going to get those targets, no doubt about it, since he's been back 18 times for 11 catches for 97 yards. But it's to be expected. I mean, I don't think there's any issue with that. I mean, if you have an elite weapon, you should use him as much as possible. Yeah, no, look, that will take care of itself. I'm not worried about Puka. The one guy that I do think is a little bit interesting, it's not Puka, it's Atwell. Right, Atwell only had, and he had one catch for 30 yards, but that wasn't so much the issue for me as much as it was just the one target. That was the only time the ball even went his way, and it was a 10 out of 10 dime from Matthew Stafford. It was a nice hands catch by Atwell over on the sidelines, and he's so, you know what, fast. He was able to kind of turn the corner and get up the rail there a little bit, um, but I would like to see him be a part of what it is that they're doing, and, and this is a good sign because I'm not the world's biggest Tutu Atwell fan, or at least I wasn't at the start of the season. I think he's become an important part of what they do, and I want to make – Puka's not going to get lost in the shuffle. He's already pretty Proven, you know, they, they went to him early, dropped that touchdown in the end zone. I think that's a big deal that we could talk about maybe in a minute. But uh, we got to make sure that Tutu Atwell is still a part of it because he's the proverbial top off of the defense, and they got to make sure that he gets his looks. 100%. You need to go to Tutu a little more and find ways to utilize his speed. But coming up here in our next segment, we're talking about a position group that could be better than the offense that has exceeded expectations. That's coming up next. They're locked on Rams.
All right, let's talk about that game time app, DMAC, right? Because if you, I know you, me, we love to go to games and we love to go to games with our buddies. And sometimes you wait till the last minute to get those tickets. Now you don't even have to worry about that, right? No need to worry about tickets to your big event, whether it is a game, whether it's a concert, whether it's a comedy show, a theater event, anything that you want, killer last minute deals, all prices, views from your seats, and a best price guarantee with the Game Time app. It is the only app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You see exactly where you're sitting before you buy it, so you know what to expect when you arrive. No surprises, right? And they are obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Here's what you do. You download the Game Time app, you create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNFL, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download that Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And after you're done doing that, price picks. How much fun is football, right? How much fun is just watching the games and having a good time? How about more football, right? Here's what you do. You can make 25 times your money this football season. You collect two, or I should say select, two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. How about that? You get to test your skills on prize picks this football season in the most exciting way possible. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps so you like obj more or less than the 50 yards you like josh allen more or less than two passing touchdowns price picks that's where you go right price picks is going to make sure that you have a great time super easy to do it go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl use the code locked on nfl for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks let me give it to you one more time prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and that locked on NFL code will get you a first deposit match of up to $100. And welcome back to Locked on Rams. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked on Rams, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you rocking with us every episode, watching, listening. And you can be an everyday listener too. Join the club. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, we're going to continue these big takeaways. And for me, the most satisfying, the most encouraging development was the second half. We touched on it a little bit in the first segment. But their offense, like you mentioned, they were stale in the first half, Ugh. could not get much of anything going at all whatsoever. But they pick it up in the second half. They ended up going on a nice run, 20 points for the win after a 9-3 to halftime score. Really good to see the Rams close out. Stafford was big, big plays to Cup. Kyron Williams, I thought the second half was what I want to see for a full game. You know, I, it, it was almost a mirror image of what we've seen a couple of times so far this season where the Rams play a great first half and then do something really weird towards the end of, of the first half, right before halftime. We saw them score against San Francisco and then gave it right back. We saw them score against Philadelphia and then gave it right back. And whatever momentum they could have had going into halftime just vanished in the span of a few seconds. Well, the Rams kind of did that to the Cardinals yesterday that the Rams had nothing cooking 
all day long in the first half. And then right before the end of the half, they hit the big play to Cooper Cup. They get a field goal and they go in with a little bit of momentum after actually playing, you know, the first 29 and a half minutes of the half pretty poorly. They had a little bit of a spark. And then they came out there and they hit the gas and they looked a lot better in the second half. I would love to see that first half put together with a second half because that's a pretty darn good football team. But like we've said, a, a bunch team back over the course of the first six weeks, their margins just are not what they used to be. They're not quite talented enough to have a bad quarter or a bad half and have it not really matter. They were able to get by Arizona, but when you're playing these better teams, you can't get half the game can't be misplayed the way that it was yesterday and still expect to win. Yeah, it was the ultimate tale of two halves. If you look at yeah. that first half, you mentioned it. Not as many play calls. Didn't have as many plays. Ran just, just 22 total plays in the first half. They scored six points at just 118 total yards. Second half, believe it or not, I almost don't believe this, 25 run plays the second half. They scored 20 points at 255 total yards in that span. If you look at their EPA play average in the first half, it was negative. 0.261 second half it was 0.319 they picked it up big time a 58.3 rushing success rate the big question i have is do you think that sean McVay has almost learned his lesson do you think that michael lafleur is having a big impact i feel like i'm hopeful it is but i think i was almost feeling like McVay was saying to himself oh wow they're never gonna expect to pass now let's just pass it 10 straight <laughs> times right i mean i'm just curious to see if he really knows that this is a winning formula moving forward I think part of it was based on the opponent yesterday. I think part of it was an Arizona Cardinals thing. I don't know if you could do what they did yesterday against San Francisco or Philadelphia or a team like that that has a much more stout defensive front uh, than the Cardinals do. But to answer your question, DMAC, no. I don't think this is going to be where Sean McVay has a change in his DNA and wants to throw it back to the 1970s and run it 50 times a game. It's not going to happen. This is a guy that wants to pass it first. He wants to pass it second. He wants to pass it third. And then if there's nothing else to do, we're going to pass it one more time. This is how he passes. This is what he made his bones on in this league. He's an offensive, innovating guy, and he likes to do it with his quarterback throwing the ball. That being said, we get one of these maybe once or twice a year where it's, all right, I have to do it because it's the only thing that's going to make sense. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a change in philosophy. I would expect them to come out against Pittsburgh next week and throw the you-know-what out of it. That's just what they do. It's who he is. It can be frustrating at times. I think it's one of the very fair criticisms of Sean McVay's era that his, you know, I don't want to say refusal, but his reluctance to commit to the run game, I think is a very fair uh, point of criticism. Now, I think you bring up a great point there as far as their talent advantage that they did have. A lot of times that that's been the issue with the Rams as far as their depth over right. the roster. And I think they had a significant talent advantage of this one. They just kind of bullied them up front. They took advantage of that. So give them credit for going to that. But that not, is not necessarily going to be the case against more talented teams like we saw last week. But want to give a lot of credit to this Rams defense. My next oh, big yeah. takeaway is, Travis, what have I told you before the season? that The Rams would be sitting at three and three but the defense would be more consistent and outplaying the offense for the last several weeks. I mean, it can be very agonizing to watch this bend but don't break style of defense. This game in particular, you saw the cards convert multiple third and long situations, but give Raheem Morris and the Rams a ton of credit for A, keeping the Rams in this one in the first half and really preventing them from getting in the end zone. And they came out of the end zone for the entire game. You also forced those turnovers of the Roseboom interception pass behind Ertz there from Dobbs. But I still think this defense, they just do enough to get the job done. 
You mentioned a couple of things. Number one, the defense only gave up six points yesterday. That that, that other three was courtesy of Austin Trammell fumbling the ball, you know, uh, on a punt and giving Arizona a very short field. The the defense didn't give up any yards on that drive. So for all intents and purposes, the defense had a six point day, which is extraordinary in the NFL. Even against a team like the Cardinals, you expect an NFL team to find the end zone at least once or twice in a game, and they did not. So credit to those guys. And I like the other thing that you brought up, DMac. They took the ball away for the first time all season long with somebody not named Akella Witherspoon, right? You saw Roseboom with his first interception. You saw Byron Young with a forced fumble. You saw them really kind of do the things that we hadn't seen them do defensively, not just keep people out of the end zone, but take the ball away. They and they got they only had two sacks. Like at the end of the day, if you just looked at the the the, the box score, only two sacks for the Rams. But they hit Josh Dobbs a lot. Like, he was on his back a lot. He was under pressure a lot. Now, again, it's Arizona. Understanding that that is a certain type of team this year, that's probably a team that's going to win, you know, less than a handful of games. But they did what they're supposed to do against a team like that. Getting pressure on the quarterback, forcing him to move his feet, hitting him, sacking him a couple of times, and taking it away twice, which seems pretty pedestrian. But for the Rams so far this season, they doubled up their turnover rate. Yeah, I think that was the number one key. They got consistent pressure all game long. They generated pressure on 23 of 46 dropbacks. It's 50% rate. That was the highest pressure rate in the game this season for the Rams. I think a lot of that does have to do with that talent disparity. It was a great game from Aaron Donald. He was a monster. I thought it was a good game for Byron Young, Kobe Turner. We're going to go in depth on them tomorrow on the Horns Up, Horns Down. But I don't know if I'm high on that Kool-Aid. I don't know if I'm on crack here, but it's Jonah Williams really becoming a really good defensive lineman. I thought so. those inside stunts with him, some TFLs stuffing some runs. I was really impressed with Jonah Williams. Look, sometimes opportunity creates good players, right? And with Bobby Brown being gone for a while, Jonah Williams is going to get more time. Jonah Williams is going to get more sack. We our sacks. We saw him get a big sack at one point. Cardinals were driving and third down play. He got back there and, and dropped him. I think it was like a 12 or a 13-yard loss. It was a big play in the moment. It was early in the game, so you kind of lost track about it a little bit. But I think you're right. And you know what it reminds me a little bit of? And obviously a long way to go still here. But a little bit when all of a sudden Michael Hoyt got an opportunity last year because everything that was happening, it's like, wait a second. He's getting back to the quarterback pretty regularly. Let's see if it happens again. And let's see if it happens again. Opportunities are what this league is about. Health is what this league is about. Somebody in front of you goes down, next man up. Jonah Williams slid into that role and looked really good yesterday. He really, really did. I got to give this Rams defense a lot of credit. But coming up in our final segment here, where do the Rams stand as far as their playoff chances? How are we feeling about those playoff chances after six weeks? That's coming up next. Now locked on Rams. All right, D-Mac, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best candidates available, the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free, right? Where I work, we get new guys in all the time and the guys that click make a huge difference, but it's hard to find that right guy. Here's what you do with LinkedIn jobs. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, 
to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening screening questions can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to and find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we're sitting at three and three after six weeks. The goal for this team to exceed expectations was just making the playoffs. And right Right. now, they're firmly in the mix. They got their second win over an NFC West opponent. We talked about earlier with Cup out to start the year with so many rookies, so much inexperience. This is about as good as you could have hoped. A tough schedule going onto the season. I think you got this Steelers team coming to town who up front, defensively, a great pass rush, but they're 30th in the league in offense. This is a winnable game, especially when you consider how competitive this Rams team has been against some of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. You know, if you look at the standings right now, and I mean, it's six weeks in, so they don't take it for what it's worth. There's a, a long the count. Stop the count. We're only a third of the way uh, through the season. But the fact of the matter is, the playoffs started today, the Rams would be in. They're the, they're the seventh team in the NFC. Now, that's not – but I, I the point that I'm trying to make, D-Mac, is I think 500 gets you into the playoffs. And I understand with the 17-game season, that's 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Or and nine. And I really do think that's the number. You're going to play a lot of these teams that are also floating around that same number. You're going to play Washington. You're going to play New Orleans. You're going to play some of these other NFC teams that you're going to have to be competing with, and these are the difference. And, and, and I think Pittsburgh's a perfect example of what we're talking about. Obviously, an AFC team, but this is a team that you need to beat. The, the, these are the wins that you get to that put you into the nine instead of the eight. These are the ones that could be the difference between you going or not because, like you mentioned, Pittsburgh has T.J. Watt. They have a pretty good defense. They can't score at all. So find a way to give Matthew Stafford a little bit of time, let him go to work, and that's a game that you go in. Because I, I really do think that at 3-3, three and three, the playoffs are a real distinct possibility. Tons of – got to get lucky with the injury bug. You got to make sure that Matthew Stafford stays healthy. But this team is good. and They're not winning the Super Bowl, but they're good enough to go to the playoffs, and that would be a major accomplishment coming into this season. They're absolutely good enough to make the playoffs. And I think I've seen enough from the stars of this team to know their drop-off hasn't been significant. Stafford, give him time to throw. He's going to hit his guys. Still one of the best arm talents in the league. The offensive line, not decimated by injuries. Find all the wood you can in your house and knock on it right now. Aaron Donald, still elite. Cooper Cup, still elite. They've hit on some of these rookies. So you have to feel good about where they are. I do really want them to pick up another edge rusher. I mean, Oshawn Mathis, Made some plays. Michael Hoyt having issues still. I think if you really want to give your team the best chance to win as far as possibly winning a playoff game, which is right. kind of you know wish on a prayer on a dream, da-da-da. But still, I think you could bolster this roster. I don't think that heading into this game, 
people realized how big of a must win it was. If you lose to this Cardinals team, might as well post the thank you fans graphic. Yep. Might as well post the eliminated graphic and talk about possibly trading away some of these core members, possibly looking at a possible quarterback in the draft. I mean, the stakes were so high on Sunday. I don't think a lot of people truly realized it. It, it absolutely was. I, I think it sounds overblown because it's only the sixth game of the season, but I agree with you. I think if they lost to Arizona yesterday, you're talking about something entirely different than we're talking about this morning, which is a playoff spot, which is maybe acquiring a player before the deadline, obviously coming up at the end of this month. I, I, to kind of stick with that for a second, DMAC, I think it's important that the Rams, and, and the Rams know this, but I think that the fans need to be kind of, you know, looped in on this. You got to consider the cost, right? That you can't, this is not a, hey, go get Vaughn Miller and we can win the Super Bowl. Go get Odell Beckham. Go get Jalen Ramsey. Go get Dante Fowler and let's go take a shot. This is a, you got somebody for free. You got somebody for a sixth, seventh round draft swap. You got somebody that maybe is not particularly expensive to acquire. You know, Frank Clark, for instance, all of a sudden is out there and maybe you could go find somebody like that. I, you you got to be aware of the cost because, where you're in the playoff picture right now, you're not going to get to the top of the conference. You're probably not winning the conference. You're not winning the Super Bowl. So don't spend money to go from seventh to sixth. Don't spend money to go from you know eighth to seventh. It's just not a great long-term play. You're not close enough, but next year you might be. Make sure you have those picks. Make sure you have those assets. 1,000%. You don't want to break the bank on any players this year, but I will say if Brian Burns becomes available, knowing he could help you next year with this core, if there's Different. the right guy out there, you can still make a win-now move that's more for next year, and yeah. you can pay him next year. So there's some interesting things they can do. We've seen them hit on Akella Witherspoon, on Kevin Dotson, so credit to them for that. But yeah, I just think when you look at the reset they're having this year, they're playing with house money to a degree. But yeah, I mean, these players, they're not getting any younger, right? You still have them in their primes. So that's something you want to consider as well. But yeah, give this team tons of credit. Winning a game they had to win yep. against the Cardinals team. By the way, I wanted to ask you real quick. What did you think of the Cardinals wish.com version of the brotherly shove there <laughs> at the end of the game? They were trying to get their brotherly shove on. The Rams crunched and they stopped it. You got to love that, right? Well, that, that was the best argument to date of why that play should not be outlawed. Because Philly, Philly can do it, but not everybody else can, right? This is not an unstoppable play unless you have the best offensive lineman in football, unless you have a quarterback that's 230 pounds and can squat a school bus, that this is not a play for everybody. Uh, yeah, look, Philly's got it figured out right there, but no one else seems to. Yeah, exactly, man. They definitely did not do it justice, but that's a great point. Keep it around for Philly. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams' house?